Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. You are seeing Mary, a 34-year-old woman who is three days postpartum with baby Angela. Mary is upset as Angela keeps dropping weight despite Mary's best attempts at breastfeeding. She says, my milk is not enough, it's not come in, and I'm hurting my baby. How can you help? Hi, this is Dr. Frank J. Domino, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me today to discuss breastfeeding and its challenges is Dr. Susan Feeney, assistant professor and coordinator of the Family Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and Graduate School of Nursing. Thanks for coming to discuss this, Sue. Thanks, Frank. So this is a pretty controversial topic, so I hope uh, uh, we, can, we can come to a, a good conclusion after I review this, this case and, and this paper. Yeah. So first of all, why don't we talk a little bit about what the recommendations are for breastfeeding. What does the American Academy of Pediatrics say? I think it, they believe in a six-month, uh, the first six months of life should be exclusive breastfeeding is what they recommend. That is what they recommend, and they recommend that you don't need any other vitamins as long as the mom is healthy with the exception of 400 uh, international units of vitamin D started within the first few days of life. Breast milk is amazing, okay? It's got the most absorbable form of iron that you can get. It's got the appropriate balance of calcium, fat, protein, and carbohydrate. It's uh, highly portable and highly effective. So there's plenty of benefits to breastfeeding. Beyond that, there are the immunologic benefits, uh, the passive immunity that's passed to the child that lowers the risk of some infections, including most importantly GI infections. So breastfeeding and breastfeeding exclusively has so many positive attributes. And we know too that it also uh, reduces, I think, obesity in childhood and also um, that it, it may reduce the chance of SIDS. Absolutely, so there's, there's many pros and very few cons to breastfeeding. So tell me about this study. Uh, what did that, they looked at supplementation at a particular time in breastfeeding. What impact did it have and, and did, it, did it hurt breastfeeding rates? So this is, this is the interesting thing. This was a study where they took um, a randomized controlled trial where they took women who were uh, breastfeeding and the child was rapidly losing weight. They dropped below the 50, 75th percentile and they randomized them to um, keep just breastfeeding or after they would attempt breastfeeding to supplement them with uh, processed hydrolyzed formula using a syringe, using 10 mLs of formula only after breastfeeding. They did this until the mother's milk came in and then they stopped. And what they found at one month was that adding this uh, formula after a breastfeeding attempt had zero impact, had no impact on breastfeeding rates at one month. So it also, and here, here's the best part, it lowered the risk of readmission for both jaundice and dehydration. Two common reasons for readmission in the first month of life, often due to inadequate um, or altered 
uh, nutritional state. That's, that's really amazing because I know that the first three days uh, postpartum are so stressful. I mean, the baby's going through a lot of changes, so is mom, but um, that when the mil- as the milk's coming in, um, it's, it's very, very stressful, especially um, if mom feels like the baby's not getting hydrated and there's, you know, there's lack of growth. Oh, it, it's, it's very stressful, and, and breastfeeding has so many, um, so many benefits. You don't want to do anything to interrupt it. We know, as I mentioned, some of the physiologic benefits. There's the benefit to the child. There's the benefit to the mother's sense of well-being. On the flip side, when you can't adequately breastfeed, the mother often feels insufficient. Um, she's worried that she's harming the child, and that adds to guilt and misconceptions. And it also increases the risk that the family, the mother, the providers, the nurses, everyone who's involved with the care of that child gets anxious. And the pressure to, all right, let's just start formula and, and overcome that comes on. And we know that if you do that over a long period of time, you're going to actually lower breastfeeding rates. So, but you're not, this study wasn't talking about universal supplementation. They were targeting supplementation to children who were, who were losing weight beyond what is expected. Absolutely. So th- there were two key points. One is just that, that women were encouraged to breastfeed, ad lib, and then only supplement if they if the child lost a fairly dramatic amount of weight and only supplement after they breastfed and only supplement using a syringe so i don't know i think we have a lot of uh thoughts about nipple confusion i don't know if it's a true thing or not but this study controlled for that by just using syringe feedings rather than a bottle that's really fascinating so um how generalizable do you think this is? You, what, what population of people did they do this study on? So one of the limits of this study was that um, the women involved um, were, for the most part, um, older than 25, and they had very few African-American moms in the study. So uh, this study seems to apply to the popula- that population but may not apply uh, to African-American women, may not apply to younger women, two populations that um, we'd love to see have breastfeed longer and, and initiate breastfeed. I think when, um, when folks first hear about formula supplementation to breastfeeding, there's a great deal of apprehension. Uh, I view this study as something that actually improves breastfeeding outcomes. Doing this allows the child to grow, allows the the parent to feel successful in caring for their child, and we have pretty good data, although this is just one randomized controlled trial, it has no adverse outcomes, including not interrupting uh, the potential for going six months of breastfeeding. Well, they do seem to be following all the the support, going afterwards, supplementing after breastfeeding using a syringe and stopping when milk comes in. So what other things can be done when a baby is struggling to breastfeed? Well, I think um, in the past we had wonderful access um, at our institutions to lactation consultants, and I would use them regularly. I would, uh, if, if I thought a child was doing poorly or if a mom had lots of issues or concerns, I'd refer them back the same day they presented to me for maybe their two-week physical or their one-month visit and, and try to get them involved. The other thing I've, I've found, and you know, it's almost universal that uh, the mom 
and the child gets a visit within a few days of discharge, but possibly a second or a third visit, just having someone come out and tell them they're doing an okay job uh, helps a great deal. What, what has been your experience when, when moms are struggling? What suggestions do you have? I, I do the same, and I also will bring them in just to see how they're latching on. Um, sometimes it's just poor positioning. Um, it could also be if she's engorged, you know, giving her some ideas on how to get the nipple more uh, ability to for the baby to latch on better. So sometimes it's some early intervention. Seeing it, and we do that. We see the moms early after they they, they come to see us a couple of days after they've been discharged, because that can make a world of difference. But having having access to a lactation consultant, even by phone, has been wonderful. I do think, as a man, I can't say for certain what I think helps but I often feel like I need to query new moms about how they feel uh, and what they feel is successful and how can I help them get there. And I always congratulate and support them wherever they go because I think, uh, especially in the first few months postpartum, there's uh, a variety of hormonal changes and emotional changes going on in their life and they don't always feel successful at everything. They often feel unsuccessful at everything and I want to reassure them that that's both normal and appropriate and that they're doing a great job. And that's really important because that first couple of weeks is so stressful on mom and baby and there's they're going through a growth spurt. It's really learning to dance with a new person and just giving them support, telling them you're doing a great job, we can, we can help you get through this, it, it works wonders. Well, thanks, Susan. I appreciate you coming to discuss this with me. My pleasure. Practice pointer. For most children, exclusive breastfeeding without formula supplementation should be encouraged for the first six months of life. When there are problems with weight gain, dehydration, or jaundice, using resources is always highly recommended. Join us next time when we discuss how to introduce and discuss goals of care with patients who have serious illness. And for more timely, relevant, and practical medical education, check out primed.com. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by Primed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on primed.com. Thank you again for listening.